there's a like a siren going on outside my window. I'm going to wait a sec before I talk. You, you probably can't hear the siren, but oh boy, it's loud to me. There it goes. There it goes. It's going away. Uh, let's talk about prayer. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week, let's talk about the power of prayer. With the Berenstain Bears Say Their Prayers, this is the second book in the Living Lights series, Zonderkids, Faith Stories, uh, from the initial like like clump of, of Living Lights tales. So we did uh, the Berenstain Bears and the Golden Rule last week, which was a great jumping off point because that's about as vague as you can get. Uh, again, the Golden Rule, not really a religious thing. It's more like an ethical thing. Uh, but now we're deep, deep into religion here with the Berenstain Bears Say Their Prayers. It actually opened with a quote from Matthew that we talked about last week, which was, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. That's from Matthew 7, 7, which is right before the whole quote about uh, doing unto others. And uh, it's not, which is funny because that's not really what prayer is about. Like, that's not, that's not the point of that quote. That's more about like, just having like just trusting and having faith in God and like knowing that you're on the right track uh, and that all you have to do is ask. But I, so I, I guess in a way that's kind of like prayer, but that really depends on what you think prayer is because I mean, I mean, at the top, uh, at the, at the, what is, what's prayer? What does it even mean to pray? What is prayer? Uh, so, so prayer by definition is you attempting to develop a, a dialogue, uh, like a one-sided dialogue with something or someone, some entity that you worship, uh, but not just any supernatural entity, but specifically like you, you wouldn't pray to a ghost. You wouldn't pray to, like, unless it's like the Holy Ghost, I guess, but like a ghost, like a, like a woo ghost. You wouldn't pray to a ghost. You wouldn't pray to a fairy. Like if you believed in fairies, you don't pray to them. You can petition them for help, but you wouldn't pray to them. Uh, it's it's a form of it's a deliberate communication uh, with uh, an, an an entity or an object and uh, something that you worship, whether it's a god or a demon. I don't know, uh, but it, in in prayer is found in almost every religion uh, throughout history. This attempt to communicate through words with or thought uh, with with this entity, with this this focus of your worship. Uh, this deity almost uh, there's all different kinds of prayers you can you you know there's 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 worshipful prayers where you're just like saying like you're we worship you and you're awesome there's uh like prayers of you apologize for like doing something wrong uh there's prayers like where you where like supplication prayers where you like are like putting your face down in the dirt and being like i'm the worst please don't kill me and all kinds of prayers uh the bears say bears say their prayers doesn't really get into a lot of the the ins and outs of prayer, but in a way, it kind of does. Uh, it, it it deals with the concept of of petitionary prayer, which is I did not realize a very controversial uh, subject matter, and uh, controversial to the point where people don't necessarily agree if petitionary prayer truly exists. Like it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Uh, Petitionary prayer is the act of, uh, well, I'll just read this definition right now, uh, asking God for material things for oneself or friends or like loved ones. Uh, uh, and it's kind of what a lot of people do prayer wise, uh, as opposed to like prayer that is that is like just like reciting uh, pre-written prayers 
uh, or reading from a book of prayers. Um, there's there's all different kinds of prayers. Their definitions are seem to be malleable. Like I was looking at a lot of philosoph philosophical articles and religious articles, trying to get like a, gri a grip on what like what we're dealing with here. But it seems like this is a book about petitionary prayer, and petitionary prayer is super controversial. I said because uh, whether like whether or not you believe it, so. It tends to get thrown into people's faces who are prayerful people that, you know, like if you if, if God is all powerful, then why doesn't he answer every prayer? Or, you know, like if God is all powerful, then why you know, if your God is, is, is the most powerful entity in, in existence, then why do, do your prayers go unanswered? You know, like if God has the power to affect change, then why do bad things happen? Like that's the, like the ultimate like question. And the philosophers and theologians have been pondering that question for forever. And atheists and people of you know bad faith you frequently use it to throw in the face of people of faith and say like, well, if God is so good, then why does this happen X, Y, or Z? Uh, and of course, as if those questions haven't been asked for millennia in the past, um, and petitionary prayer kind of brings up a lot of of rough questions about about prayer and faith and the God and the nature of God, uh, because there are people who definitely believe in petitionary prayer or in, I, I don't know. There's another term for it, like intercession, like where God will intercede on your behalf, uh, because, you know, the, the, the question is, if God is is omnipotent and omniscient and infinite and eternal and uh, infallible and immovable then what is the point of prayer? Like, why would you petition God for anything? Because God is incapable of being moved and is incapable of change. Because if God is infinite, there's no possibility for change because God encompasses everything. There is no other thing to change out of because God encompasses all. So how could God, in order to, in order to, petition somebody for something you have to change what they were going to do and if god is infinite god is it's impossible to change god it's a philosophical question i'm in no wise qualified to answer but it's it's interesting to think about and of course there's many responses to that and and uh there's controversial responses and can you know like sort of typical responses uh and some of the ideas are that like god is infinite and in being infinite uh god is is uh, ultimately omniscient and I'm not um, not omniscient just in the sense that God knows everything that happens and not omniscient simply in the sense that God knows everything that's going to happen, but God is fully aware of everything that could possibly happen. Uh, the universe is, is consists entirely of infinite possibilities, literally infinite possibilities. But since God is an infinite intelligence, God is capable of predicting and seeing all human, all possibilities of change and option and, and choice that human beings could make and everything could make. Uh, and, and God is capable of seeing these things all at once so that when a person prays, it's not that God didn't know the person was going to pray, pray for that. God simply knew that that was one of an infinite number of possibilities that person could do and also knows the infinite possibilities that could come out of that prayer and the infinite choices that could be made and then chooses one of them. Uh, so God is still maintains that level of infinity, but uh, also allows human beings the set of, you know, the type of free will that we're always worried about. And also uh, God isn't necessarily surprised by their actions, but he is also uh, not uh, sure you know, the, the possibility, because all possibilities exist simultaneously, uh, there is just no definite, until the person makes the choice, the choice hasn't been made. There's also the concept of God in being infinite and existing at all points in time simultaneously. So there is no past or future. There is no causality. So while God is aware that you are going to ask for something, uh, God did not make you ask for something. God is simply exists at all points 
along the spectrum of time because God is infinite. And so there is no such thing as time because time is relative and there's no, you cannot have relativity. You can't be, nothing can be relative to something that is infinite. That's impossible because infinity contains everything. So there's also that. Like, so petitionary prayer, there's a lot going on with it. And fortunately, this book does not address any of that because that would be weird and complicated for a book aimed at five-year-olds. Um, but it does it does address petitionary prayer and it does address the flaws of petitionary prayer and it does address the power of prayer, whether or not you believe in a deity. Now, it doesn't come right out and say this works if you don't believe in God because this is a book of faith and that would be weird, but it still leaves the it leaves the mystery of prayer open without being coy about it. It's very practical about it. Stan and Jan and Mike have put together a, a narrative about prayer with the Berenstain Bears that addresses a huge, not ethical part of prayer, but sort of it takes, it turns the Bears' actions inward as opposed to outward, but in a non-selfish way. Like in a, it takes the selfishness of prayer out of prayer and makes it about, well, I'll get to it. So what is the Baron St. Bears say their prayers about? Um, we have this little picture on the cover of the, of the Cubs praying to bless mama and bless papa and honey bear and gramps and gran. And that's all very well and good. We've seen them do this before. I believe that in our uh, Baron St. Bears uh, say good night, their, their nighttime book, the big, the big sleep, whatever it was called, the three books that are all about mama and bedtime battle, mama and papa trying to put them to bed. Uh, Alana pointed out to me that this was uh, this was already covered in that. We see the Cubs pray, and we see them use their bedtime prayers as a form of uh, uh, putting off bedtime. They'll add more and more uh, members of Bear Town to their prayers in order to get out of going to bed any earlier. Um, and what's interesting is that they do not do the Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep prayer. Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, a prayer that first showed up in the 1700s, uh, is not— so is is sort of is a children's rhyme i'm sure you've heard it now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to take a uh, very useful prayer that it makes the child contemplate their own death right before falling asleep uh but it also is a mnemonic device like it's a it's a it's a chant as opposed to it actually fits less into petitionary prayer or even thankful prayer uh than it does just into a ritual prayer it's it's it is words that follow a rhythm and a rhyme that are meant to to not be thought about. They, they are, I had to do a, when I was at my grandparents' house as a kid, we had to pray, pray before meals. I didn't come from a praying family, but we did have to pray before meals at grandma's house. And the prayer we would say is, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And it was a chant. It was like the, the Pledge of Allegiance in the sense that we didn't actually understand what we were saying. We didn't know the theology behind what we were saying. We didn't really have a concept of what God was because we didn't discuss God at our house uh, or Jesus. We didn't really understand all all that we knew that we had to say these words in order to eat and that was that was the point but that's really all we were asked to do and what the cubs are doing is not that the cubs are doing the the child bedtime prayer of list the names of the people closest to you the people who matter to you in life uh, and ask god to protect them but it's it's a ritual that isn't necessarily asking for them to be blessed so much as focusing the child's mind on the important people in their lives and reminding the child right before sleep that they're part of a larger community and what is bear country but a larger community and what is what is a what is the the whole idea the conceit behind bear country is that we live in a community in which every member is important and in which we all wish to do unto others as we would have them do unto us like it this ties into 
directly with the previous book, which is that Bear Town is is made up of many people and they all have a level of importance to the bears. Now, Mama and Papa cut them off when they start getting out of hand and thinking the chief of police, which I found very funny, but uh, for multitude of reasons. But the cops end up asking, you know, why do we say our prayers before we go to sleep? Barry Bruin and Lizzie Bruin don't say prayers. We've slept over there. They don't say prayers. And Mama's like, yeah, some people just don't believe in saying prayers, which is a funny way of putting it. I would say some people just don't say prayers. It's not that we don't believe in saying prayers. It's just that that's for many people, that's just not part of their habit. And it's not even part of their the way they worship. Um, so she says we say prayers at night to thank God for the blessings of the day. Um, the, the cubs do turn it back on Mama and Papa. They're like, do you say prayers before bed? And they're like, no, maybe we should start. Uh, don't you agree? And Papa's like, uh, sure, whatever. And what's funny is they don't ever do prayers before bed. It's a child thing. And they don't answer that question. Why don't Mama and Papa say prayers before bed? Uh, it's a child thing. Uh, so Brother goes to sleep. No, so the, the, the bulk of this book is actually about the baseball team. Brother and sister are on the Sharks. Sister is excited because she is uh, going to hit the ball a lot, going to steal a lot of bases. And brother is is has declared that he's going to win it, hit a home run. He's the home run king. Uh, and sister even calls him the home run king. This is a game of big game. It's the Bear Country Cub League. They're at their ball field. Mama and Papa are running the snack bar. Papa is grilling up some dogs and birds. Mama is making the cotton candy and the lemonade. Uh, there's a there's a bear out there raking the field. The Cubs are all warming up, swinging their bats around, and it's it's they they are going to compete against a neighboring team, uh, the Pumas or pumas how do you say it pumas the pumas are playing i don't know who the pumas are from it doesn't really say where the pumas are from all we know is that the pumas have angry eyebrows which is how you know their arrival their uniforms aren't as awesome as the sharks who have sharks on their uniforms they have a paw on their uniforms which must be a puma paw and their teammates are huge enormous they have an enormous batter which seems to be like a thing with the cubs they're always up against these teams of enormous children so um a little side note, my sister was on uh, a team called uh, the Sharks when she was a kid. They were our local swim team. And then Mitzi, the local the uh, school bike squad is the, uh, the Bike Sharks. Uh, I believe that her school is the Sharks. Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't care about school spirit. If you want to know how much I don't care about school spirit, uh, you should listen to me talk about uh, school spirit, I guess. I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. So there's this giant puma who's called the beast, which is not like the beast from Revelation. So don't worry, we're not getting into we're not getting into that in this book, although it would be funny if they did try to tie it in. Uh, the beast is just a cub. Uh, he is not the son of Satan. He is very tall and very powerful and very strong. So Freddy, cousin Fred, is our pitcher. And before he pitches to the beast, he prays. He closes his eyes, his lips move. And there's a way that the Berenstains draw praying bears when they're praying to themselves, like not like on their knees, like praying, but like quietly praying to themselves. That makes their lips do this like little like, like thing. I don't know how to describe it, but they're like, it looks like you're praying like this. Like you close your eyes and like, oh, you could be, oh, I'm praying. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Sometimes Jim Davis would draw Garfield whistling and like the lips would look very strange. And these lips don't look like that, but they are that like, I'm a cartoonist. I'm trying to dis. I'm trying to show something in a way that I'm not fully capable of doing it because of the way we've designed these characters. So this is a child whispering prayers to themselves face. In any case, brother's like, what are you doing? And Fred doesn't answer. He just hauls off and strikes out that beast bear. Um, so later on, brother's like, "What were you? Do what were you doing out there?" And they're in—I I assume this is called the the dugout. Is where base—I I don't know much about sports. I know this is the dugout. Uh, he's like, "Oh, I was praying." 
And brother was like, "What are you praying for? Strikeouts?" And then, but then Fred gets called out onto the field again. So, uh, no time to answer. Now, I do want to point out that in the drawing of uh, Brother Bear talking to Fred, they look very comfortable uh, together in the dugout. Uh, but there's a little sign hanging up. It's the batting order. Let's find out the batting order of the Sharks, shall we? At the top is Barry Bruin, uh, who must be very good. It says three B. Uh, the next one is Anna Grizzly, LF. I don't know, a left field. Oh, I see. So Barry Bruin's also third base. Anna Grizzly is left field. Cousin Fred, pitcher. Then Sister Bear, second base. Brother Bear, shortstop. And a little sidebar, uh, when I was a kid, whenever we would play kickball or softball at, at gym, I would always demand to be shortstop because Snoopy was the shortstop and I wanted to be just like Snoopy. Uh, number six is Lizzie Bruin, who's right field. Number seven is Millie Bruno, who's center field. Uh, number eight is Harry McBear, who is first base, and number nine, Bill McGriswold, who is the catcher. So that, that's your that's your Bears team. Like we got it right there. We know who everybody is. This is well thought out. Uh, but brother doesn't get an answer to what Fred was praying for. Uh, we do get a funny shot of Honey Bear passed out from uh, eating too much cotton candy, uh, and then uh, and then brother goes up to bat. And wouldn't you know it, the beast is the pitcher. So he starts feeling sick to his stomach. But you know what? He decides to pray. He decides to pray just like Fred. So he prays, dear Lord. And he makes that little face. Oh, dear Lord, I am praying for you. And he has his little lips and a little shape. Dear Lord, he prays, please let me get a hit. So he steps up to the plate and strike one, strike two, and strike three. He strikes out even though he prayed for a hit brother walks off the field and sister is angry at him she calls him the home she calls the home run king the strikeout king and he feels awful and uh cousin fred's like i don't let it get to you like the pumas are tough we know that we knew the pumas were tough it was a tough game they're a good team and he's like yeah yeah but wait a minute i did what you did i i prayed just like you did and it didn't work and fred's like what'd you pray for it's like i prayed for a hit fred's like oh i see what you did wrong and he's like why what'd you pray for and fred's like i just prayed that i wouldn't get too scared and brother's like, huh, I guess your prayer was answered. And Fred says, prayers are always answered. Sometimes we just don't get the answer we expect. And then he goes running off because Papa accidentally set the snack bar on fire, which is true. Uh, the snack bar is on fire and Mama has to put out the fire extinguisher. And Fred's like, maybe we should have prayed for rain. And that night, uh, brother and sister take a long time with their prayers. Mama and Papa fall asleep in their chair. Sister is still upset at brother for striking out. She calls him a strikeout king again. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I played my best. Anyone could have struck out like that. They were a tough team. But Sister falls asleep and Brother's angry and he's gritting his teeth. He's so mad at Sister Bear. She's riled him up. And then he prays and he says, Dear God, please help me out with my little sister. And to his surprise, he found that his prayer had been answered. He didn't feel angry anymore. And he says, Thanks for the help up there. And he falls asleep. So what this book is about is petitionary prayer, the fallacy of petitionary prayer, not the not the logistical fallacy, not the idea that God cannot be swayed, because there are plenty of people who believe God can be swayed, even though I firmly believe if I were a religious man, I would not believe in a God that could be swayed, because in any case, I'm not going to get into that. But Fred re recontextualizes the concept of prayer to brother. Fred is like, prayer isn't about getting an external force to act on your behalf. Prayer is more about changing yourself or changing your outlook, giving yourself a moment of calm almost. And if you want to believe that it's God who gives you that calm, great. But you can't pray to hit a home run. Or if you do, God's not going to answer with a home run. God's going to say, 
that's not what your problem is. Your problem isn't that this that you need a magical hand to guide your bat. The problem is, is you're not chill. The problem is you're worried. You need to relax. You need to calm down. Uh, or like Fred said, I don't want to be scared. Just help me not be scared. He finds an inner peace, inner calm, and internalizes what he needs rather than externalize. You can't ask this deity to alter physics, to change, to perform a miracle essentially for you. You can, however, ask this external force to help you find peace because that's something that you can do yourself, but it's hard. So you ask this external force to grant you peace, grant you calmness, help you work things out with your sister simply by speaking the words out I need help with my sister. I need to not feel so angry with my sister. It means you don't want to feel that way anymore. And it'll start your journey to not feeling that way anymore or to feeling more at peace, more more calm. Fred redirects brother's wishes, his prayer, from petitionary to, I don't even know what you call this, but just sort of this, this like, grant me peace. I guess it's still petitionary, but it's a it's petitionary in a way that can effectively work. Then whether or not you achieve that piece, you can say, I got what I was looking for. It's interesting. It went from being a book I was dreading reading because I was like, oh, what is this going to make? What, a book about children saying their nighttime prayers actually ended up giving me a lot to chew on. And I think it can give parents a lot to chew on too. Uh, we were discussing the power of prayer in a philosophy class in college. And I don't remember where I got this concept i'm gonna search it because i want to credit whoever came up with the with the well it looks like it's used a lot so i don't know uh the term cosmic santa claus has been used a lot in describing children's concepts of god which is the concept of a, of a jolly man who will give you presents if you're if you're good and the notion is that you have to train children or teach children not train them but teach them that god isn't this jolly man who grants wishes. God is an ineffable, an ineffable being that encompasses everything. One of those things is 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 love because love is 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 infinite. Love is eternal. In any case, you can't petition God for goodies because that's not how God works. That's not what prayer does. That's impossible. God won't drop a toy out of the sky for you because that would be a miracle, and that's either doesn't happen or it requires something like the parting of the Red Sea to occur. Like that's not what prayer is for. And I love that the Berenstain Bears frame this in a way that it's not luxury at all. It's something that Fred, who is one of our most mild characters, points out to brother, and not in a luxury way, just sort of like, oh, that doesn't work. Like, you don't do that. I pray for, like, inner peace. That helps me achieve my goals. It doesn't give me my goals. It simply calms me down enough, centers me enough that I can then work towards what I want. You know, meditation does that too. Yoga can do that too. Like there are other religious uh, tools and techniques that can be fine that. This simply is the power of prayer. I am certain that Brother and Fred also use prayer to give thanks to God at the end of the day, to give blessings to their to their families, to, uh, I, I don't know what religion they are, they never really come out and say it, but there might be ritualistic prayers they do on certain holy days. We do prayers in our house uh, on Shabbat because uh, Alana and Mitzi are Jewish, so we do the, uh, we do the Shabbat prayers, uh, and those are not petitionary. Those are ways of connecting with with a culture and a tradition and with God, uh, if if that is what you're using them for. But uh, uh, prayer exists in many different forms in many people's lives. Um, you know, depending on your 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 religion and your culture and your beliefs. Um, and many people don't pray, even if they are religious, they don't pray. Uh, but uh, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's a good book. I actually really liked this book. Uh, it, it it wasn't heavy handed, and I don't know why I keep expecting them to be. They so rarely are. But uh, yeah, so this was the Berenstain Bears say their prayers. You can still buy it. You can buy it new. It's readily available um, online. So so check it out. Buy yourself a copy of this if you're religious. If you want to talk to your kids about prayer, again, good as we say, jumping off point. Good conversation starter for the kids if they if they have questions about prayer. I would say if they're young, read them this book and just sort of talk at the beginning. Now that's not the end of the book though. Because there is a page at the end of activities and questions from Brother and Sister Bear. And this is the part that cracked me up. <laughs> so the first part is talk about it. Let's, here's some topics to discuss. What did Fred mean when he said prayers are always answered? Sometimes we just don't get the answer we expect. So yeah, it's a good conversation starter for kids. Yeah, talk about that. Two, how do you think Brother's prayer at the end of the book helped him with the problem he had with his sister? All right. That's another great conversation starter. Then there's a section called Get Out and Do It. I'm like, all right, here we go. How are you going to get out and pray? One, design a cool shirt for a sports team called the Bears. <laughs> Which I was like, okay, okay, we're all, I guess we're not just doing prayer with this one. I guess this is more about the sports aspect because brother and sister talked about their kick awesome t-shirts. Two, visit a park. Okay, here's where things get like, all right, now we're tying these things together. Visit a park with a baseball field. Run around the bases. Name something you are good at or thankful for at each base. Not a religious thing and not prayerful, closer to prayer and still involves baseball. You know what? I, I'm tickled by this exercise, but maybe I should do that. If I ran around a base and I had to name something I was good at at each base every day, would that help my self-esteem? I don't know. I might need a board game to help me with that self-esteem. That's a callback to a conversation I had with someone on a different podcast off mic. I'm calling back to something no one has any idea what I'm calling back to. It's a self-esteem board game. It exists, and I'm jealous of it. Three, make up and memorize a prayer for bedtime. Say it every night before you go to bed. And again, not exactly what brother and sister were doing, making up and memorizing a prayer, but it's thoughtful. And if you are a prayerful family, if you're praying, praying families, if you're Christian or whatever, and you pray, maybe that's a good exercise to do with your kids. Come up with a prayer. Make it a thoughtful prayer. Like, what's something that we could pray about every night that'll help us through the next day? You know, what's something that we need to reflect on that'll help us our self-esteem, that'll help our relationships, that'll help this. What's something a child can think about right before bed beyond just a simple rhyme that's like, say this before you go to bed. And I don't know, think about that. These are some good exercises. Even the even the, even the designing a t-shirt one. Get a, design a shirt. When was the last time you designed a shirt? Design a shirt. Send it into to, uh, to Zazzle or whatever. Have them print it up. Print up that shirt. Only costs you like 30 bucks. Do it. Do it. I'm I'm tickled by this book. Bear to say, bear say their prayers. Uh, 2008. 2008 was it 2008 was it 2008 yes 2008 uh if you're if you're into this kind of thing check it out it's good it's good it's good uh thank you so much for listening uh you can find me at beastain bearcast on twitter you can write to me at beastain bearcast at gmail.com i've been getting a lot of comments uh at the original at our blog, uh, org. So if you go there, uh, people have been commenting on the blog there, uh, little 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 uh, observations about the show, about the books. And I, I like that. I appreciate that. It's really good. I really, I'm really having fun with these religious books. And it gets me to, to brush up a little bit on religion and to read a little philosophy, which is interesting. Uh, so thanks for joining me. I'll be back with more of these Zonder Kids books. We're going to try to finish out the original, the big four. And, uh, and so I hope you join me for that. And I will see you all next time deep in bear country no